0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select Campus events, while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
1: Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, Convenient installation options and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate Two. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few? Go to TireRack.com/slash Colin TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. The volume. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on all the NFL action. Great offers every single game. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of the week's epic matchups. Walk away an instant winner. DraftKings is not stopping there. All customers take advantage of two new offers every game this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. No question about it. Download the app now. Sign up. Code Colin, that's me, C O L I N. New customers bet just five bucks and get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with a code Colin. The crown is yours. This week on Prime Cuts, Nick Wright and I on USC Colorado. And if Caleb Williams, frankly, is already a top five quarterback talent in the world, Chad Millman, Sharper Square, and my top takes of the week. I was saying this uh, yesterday. I was talking, I think it was uh, Jason McIntyre. I said it on the air and I texted him yesterday. It's it's the strongest quarterback class ever. Arizona is not the worst team. Chicago probably is. And you'd obviously take Caleb Williams over Justin Fields and, and start over. That's not even a discussion. Arizona it's a discussion. is going to win. Arizona going to win three or four games, and they're just not going to be there. And they also, they, there's also other quarterbacks. But I would not take Drake May over Kyler Murray. I would take Caleb over everybody not named Mahomes, Josh Allen.
2: You and I are the only people saying this. People thought I was out of my mind. I said that Caleb is one of the five most valuable quarterbacks alive right now. I totally agree. Like if the, it, if that if every nfl player and college player were available mahomes goes one there's some debate about who goes two and caleb goes before Everyone other than maybe three people.
1: Yeah, Josh Allen goes b- before him. Uh, I would take Burrow before him, although Burrow's injuries now are mounting. He can't get through a preseason. He's hurt again. It does worry. And I you. would have
2: said Trevor three weeks ago, but I thought Tre- Trevor's been a little disappointing. But he's on the short list. But that's that's it, yeah. man. He goes before. This is not disrespectful. He goes in a heartbeat before Hurts, before Lamar,
1: before Tua before
2: that de- he just does. Yep. Caleb goes before all those totally
1: guys. agree. I wouldn't so take go him ahead you before would... Mahomes, Allen, Herbert. Pro- I think he's better potentially than Trevor Lawrence, but you've kind of, he's a Southern kid. It's a Southern city. I think you go with him. Um, and then I think it gets, then I, that might be the list that could That's be the, the list. list.
2: And I would take him over Herbert I I would
1: take him over Herbert. And I I, I wouldn't because I think Herbert has been undercoached. I mean, they're on their second or third coordinator, their second coach. Sure. That's fair. I I think if he had a reasonable offensive coach, his numbers – I mean, I watched him Sunday. He through 400 yards. I mean, it's just – He did play pretty well. He played pretty well. And and, and without Austin Eckler, Mike Williams late. It's just on the road.
2: Can I ask you a college football question? Yeah.
1: This is kind of a media
2: question as long as well as college football. Oh, by the way, I think there's nothing, and I like Dan Lanning. I like him a lot. Dan Lanning is a Kansas City guy, used to listen to my radio show, called into my buddy's radio show in Kansas City, the Church of Laszlo. I like Dan. But I got a little bit of a chuckle. The coach of the Oregon (laughs) Ducks, also known as the Nike Marketing University of Football, being like, they're in it for the clicks. We're hard nosed. We play these games with the lights off. Like, huh? Don't you guys have neon yellow jerseys? They have
1: 300 <laughs> uniforms. It's
2: like, like, give me a break. Like, hold on. I, I, and I, his speech was for his players to get them fired up. But right. I saw that. I'm like, you're, this isn't exactly Texas AM out here <laughs> being like, give me a break. All right. So here's my question. I think USC is going to score 70 points on Colorado. I think it's in play. I mean, I think Oregon has a better defense than USC. USC has a better offense. USC is going to score every time they touch the ball. If Colorado gets annihilated again, does the country stop caring about them for this year?
1: I think, yeah, I think it, I think it, I I think Colorado, because they're humiliated, is probably more competitive at home. And USC's defense is better than last year, but not great. So I think it's more of a 45 to 21 game. I think it's, I don't think it's that close. USC is clearly better. They may score in the 50s. Um, I, I, I think, I think what Dion has done, he has not moved college football fans to his channel. He's brought in people that didn't like college football, pro fans, Dion fans, cowboy fans. If you look at the numbers, he's not moving people from Georgia to Colorado. No. He found like three he's million got, people. He's
2: got it. Yeah. And it's and listen, it's not it's not poor form to say it because it's facts. He is there are massive amounts of black people that were not watching college football that are now. Yeah. Not that black people don't watch college football, but when you look at the act, our guy Michael Mulvahill at Fox. Yeah has all the data and tweets it out Dion what Dion has done for the for the black audience of college football and, and that's i mean it's 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 historic it's un it's it's unprecedented yeah like the thirty
1: five to forty percent
2: viewers that don't watch the sport correct and that's that's not obviously all black people but that is disproportionately a black audience and so i I just wonder i I think this there was the other like the idea. There were some after Colorado got their teeth kicked in. There was some pushback. They were like, "Oh, maybe now the media will stop pushing this down our throats, guys." There were ten million people watching the yeah. Colorado Colorado State game at two in the morning Eastern. Yeah. If you go to DraftKings, volume word with DraftKings, right? DraftKings. Yeah. Yeah. The, if you go to DraftKings, they have a tab. It's like the end You want to bet the NBA, the NFL, college football, Colorado, and the tennis, like it. <laughs> It, I mean, that's true. Go look at it. It's, I mean, it is, this was not. No, I, certain things are media creations. The interest in Colorado was not. People were into it. Yeah. And I think they still are. If they lose by 40 next week, I think it Yeah, Taylor
1: Swift, Travis Kelsey is very much media generated. It's fun. It was a blowout. The game was over. Yes. Let's put it up. I'm fascinated in Deion Sanders. All st- I don't think it will be as... Um, uh you know intergalactic ratings bonanza comets through the sky but i'll still watch i mean i said before i'm not rooting for him or against him i root for interesting Dion's interesting the cowboy hat the shades the attitude colorado has been a i mean you don't even remember this i knew colorado sports because of robbie benson a movie in the 70s called one-on-one you you could you could google it it was a i don't remember like nobody cared about colorado
2: sports the, you know, the la- the first memory I have of Colorado sports, I was never a Missouri football fan, but I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, is the fifth down play. I don't know if you met Missouri was playing Colorado at the end of a big eight season one year, and the, the down guys screwed up, and Colorado got a fifth down. But so, all right, here's my last Colorado thing. This is their schedule the rest of the way. Home for USC. Loss. They're going to get, yeah, at Arizona State. Win. They can win that. The, okay, home for Stanford. Win. At UCLA. Win. Oh, okay. Well, then they're fine. Home for Oregon State is probably a loss. Go either way game. Home for Arizona. Win. And then at Wazoo and at Utah. Loss, loss. They'll definitely lose at Utah. That they'll lose. Utah, Utah's home. Oh, Utah, Utah's, Utah's, Utah's just big. big you, if you put took. Shador and Colorado's best skill guys and gave him to Utah and, ga- and gave him to Utah. You <laughs> you have the best team in the country. I mean, because yeah. Utah has all the. I, when Dion's talking, I need seven or eight people. He means offensive and defensive line. Yeah,
1: not listening. He I needs
2: think, big people. And but so you think they can go? Seven and five, eight and four. Absolutely,
1: yeah. That would be an amazing Yeah, season. I think- That would be an amazing season. I think it's wonderful. He has brought, and I when I say he's brought people in that didn't watch the sport, he's brought NFL fans in, Niner fans, Cowboy mm. fans. He's brought Yo. people that didn't really like, they're Deion fans. And by the way, if Dion walked through a mall, it's not just, it's, it's he's Deion Sanders. He's
3: had well, all what, sorts what, of fans what, forever
1: wilds asked this and it was a very
2: interesting question it wasn't even on tv he's asked me he said is dion the most famous person to ever coach college football and it's like i
4: well, yeah. i mean i don't well bear I bryant think he is. is
1: famous because he coached college football Yes, I think he's the most famous person that has coached college football. And
2: it, like right now, if Nick Saban and Deion Sanders are walking on separate sides of the mall, it first of all, there are parts of the country where Nick Saban would not be bothered. Right. And it, even in Alabama, everyone knows Dion. They might be more excited about Nick, but everyone, nobody doesn't know him. And so like that is a real power. It is a level of like fame and celebrity we've never had in college football. When
1: you when you um have a nickname and people and your nickname doesn't have anything to do with your name. Like Mamba, Kobe. Yeah. That's famous. Prime, Deion Sanders. Prime. Like usually, you know, it it it's connected to your name. There's very few people, music or otherwise, that have a nickname where their name's not included in it, and universally everybody knows who you're talking about. And it's another
2: word on its own. You know, what I mean? like it's not like like it was Shaq, but it's another word on its own. Prime means its own thing. But right now, if someone says prime, you think of Colorado football, that's pretty goddamn powerful.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's, it's great for this. I love college football. I think he's brought in some NFL fans that are Sunday viewers that don't watch Saturday football. Uh, they're certainly, as you noted, an African-American component. But I think a big yeah. chunk of it is he brought Sunday people to Saturday TV, and it's great.
2: Yeah. I think that's right.
1: All right, everybody, it's time for Sharper Square. Chad Millman, the CCO of Action Network, all odds provided by DraftKings. I went 3-1-1 one, and one on my blazing five picks. Rams was a push, even though I thought they outplayed the Bengals for the first two quarters, maybe two and a half, but that's the way gambling works. All right, let's start with some favorites. As As you know, I'm not a huge fan of favorites. I usually take three to four underdogs, but I think it's interesting. Miami goes on the road. Again, Um, they have struggled to stop Josh Allen again and again. And here's what concerns me, is that Buffalo can create pressure bringing just four. That's the way to slow down Miami, New England. You don't need sacks. You need to create a little chaos and pressure. So I think Buffalo minus two and a half is one of my favorite bets of the week. At minus three, I still lean Buffalo. But teams that score 70, They feel themselves a little, pull back a little, another flight to the Northeast.
3: What say you, sharp or square, Chad? Dude, it's like you are reading from the sharp script. No joke. Everything you just said is why the wise guys are on Buffalo at minus two and a half. So A, they tend to like a divisional game if they can get the favorite under a field goal. So there is a slight lean there. B, what you said about the pressure is key. Sean McDermott has had Tua's number, right? Tua has been incredibly good against every other team, and he's been much less good against Sean McDermott. And now Sean McDermott has what you just said. He has film of what the Patriots did, and the Patriots did a really good job against Tua. Now look, they have Christian Gonzalez, who is turning into an A-plus draft pick and and a dominant cover corner. But What they basically did with that umbrella coverage was they did not blitz very much. And if you talk about Buffalo, which you just said as well, Buffalo has 12 sacks leading the NFL, right? But they are the third lowest in pressure from blitzing. So they are not doing it because they are sending a lot of players. They're doing it because their front four is getting to the quarterback. And then look, those are all the on the field stats. Let's look at it from a betting point of view. You want to fade the team that just scored 70 points. There's not a lot of data about how teams that score 70 points do against the spread the following week. But I can tell you when a team scores 70, (laughs) generally, you want to go against that team. There is so much public sentiment for this team. And look, this is a game that is kind of vexing the wise guys a little bit. If you look at the data, 70% of the money is on Buffalo. So when you get money on one side, that generally means professional betters like it. But the tickets are kind of split 50-50. And what that's saying is that people aren't like the wise guys who might like Miami aren't rushing in because they really don't know what to do with this game and they don't know what to do with this team. Miami, one wise guy described them to me as a little bit like the Matrix full of cheat codes. And so they're either betting Buffalo or they're passing.
1: Um, My favorite bet of the week is Minnesota minus four against Carolina at Carolina. Here's why. Uh, Carolina has a problem. There is nobody to throw to Mingo may not be a bust. He doesn't separate. He's a more talented Nikhil Harry. He doesn't separate young quarterbacks need people who separate. That's why actually CJ Stroud's having a little success. His low round, mid round draft picks. They got some guys that can play. So Minnesota, wouldn't you think of them differently if that last pass was a touchdown and not tipped for a pick? So they're a little undervalued four is the middle of nowhere Minnesota could have easily won that game, probably should have. And Minnesota's got a veteran quarterback, an elite weapon. They're not running the football well, but they matched up pretty well, I think, against the Chargers, a fairly stacked roster. I'm going to lay the four. I'm good with it. I really like the Vikings minus four, sharper square.
3: Kind of a, eh, like there's no real consensus on this game. It's not a game that folks are pining to bet. You're not finding an advantage. It's as we like to say, as you and I like to say, it's a corner TV game, right? Someone's gonna bet it, so it'll be on in the sports book. But the truth is there's no numbers edge, right? And the wise guys don't love Minnesota. They don't love the coaching. They don't love the way they've been playing. They don't love that defense at all. They don't like Carolina. They don't like Bryce Young. They don't wanna bet on Andy Dalton. They agree with you about the weapons on the edge. This game opened at three and a half. It's been bet up to four. I would have felt like if there was some kind of consensus, it would have been on a home underdog. And that, that Colin, that's sort of the indicator, right? If you're ever looking for signals about who you want to bet on or what wise guys might like, if you see a home dog and the number moves in the direction of the favorite, then you know the wise guys are staying away from it because wise guys tend to jump on home underdogs.
1: All right you know, I like underdogs. Let me give you three that are tasty. Um, Listen, Sam Howell was overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed. Philadelphia is struggling offensively. It may just be a Shane Steichen issue. They're not the same offense. They'll win the interior line play here, but the Washington D line can play when you get humiliated. I'll take the eight. It's a division rival again. Again, Young quarterbacks are hot and cold, and I don't care if it's C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Sam Howell was awful. The week before he was pretty interesting. I think Sam Howell, little course correct. I'll take the eight division rival short week for Philadelphia,
3: sharper square, totally sharp. The wise guys actually are buyers on Sam Howell. They were they were buyers last week on Sam Howell when he went up against Buffalo. Uh, they've been really encouraged by what they've seen and the way he's been able to handle himself. In the pocket, there were some throws he had against the Broncos two weeks ago that made them sort of stand up and take notice yep. and, and he judge made a this sideline throw
1: that was a big throw, yeah.
3: great. And he had a, t- a play where he stepped up in the pocket, hit Terry McLaurin deep when he was double covered, yep. but he put the ball in play and gave him a chance to catch it. So, the wise guys have looked at Sam Howell and said, "Okay, we think he's better than than maybe we were judging." Um, and look, the, the Eagles. I bet the I bet the the Commanders at plus eight and a half. The number actually moved down to eight. It went back up to eight and a half. There are some places where you can get it at better than eight and a half right now. Um, So I'm with you on this game and the wise guys are with you on this game. I think there's one thing. uh, It's why betters might want to wait and see where they can get the best of the number. I think the public is going to love Philadelphia. I think when a team wins in a primetime game and they looked good and the Eagles did look good um, in the second half, especially like Jalen Hurts has started to figure it out with his new offensive coordinator. There's going to be a huge public backing of the Eagles in this game, but I don't like betting huge favorites in a divisional game. So I'm with you on the commanders and so are the wise guys.
1: So all the odds are provided by DraftKings. I swear. I saw the Patriots getting seven. Maybe I'm wrong. It's now six and a half. I still like it. This feels ugly and low scoring. The best corner in this game three weeks ago was Trayvon Diggs. Now it's Christian Gonzalez. The best pass rusher is still Micah, but Judon's having another great year. The best coach, let's not get into it. It's an obvious slam dunk coaching edge. And I really, I believe this. I think New England's actually a pretty good team. I don't think they're explosive. I think they miss what we all see, a number one receiver. But Juju, Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, running game with great coaching. I'm taking the six and a half. This thing feels like 2017, 23, That's what it feels like to me, sharper
3: square. Look, the wise guys have bet the Patriots. That's why it moved from seven down to six and a half. I think at six and a half, you're kind of playing with fire, right? Because this is a game where it could easily end up as a touchdown. And at least at seven, it's a key number. You're getting a push. Um, the, The debate that's going on about this Patriots team is fascinating. And you know, you're always trying to drive a wedge between me and my BFF and co-host Simon Hunter on the favorites, but this has been a game that we had a fierce debate about today. I actually think this is a huge get right spot for the Cowboys. Their red zone against Arizona was terrible. Uh, This is an opportunity for them to come back and fix it. Dak in these spots as a favorite at home, as a bigger favorite has performed well. The problem is everything you said about the Patriots is true. And it's why the wise guys have bet the Patriots down to six and a half. Mac Jones might be terrible. And we can say all we want about he played in a monsoon or he's played really good defenses. He has had plenty of opportunities to put the Patriots in good positions with one key throw that were available and he didn't do it. So it's a very good chance that he's just not very good. And you're betting on a guy who's not very good on the road against a team that could have a really dynamic offense. So it's not my favorite bet. Going to say that. All right.
1: um, I have kind of a belief now that be, once the once the schedule was extended to seventeen games, people were playing starters in the preseason even less, and so week one is absurdly unpredictable. The Bills were bad. The Jets looked good. That's not truth. Take out week one for Seattle, where they had no idea what McVay was doing with a new offense. They go to Detroit and beat the Lions. They hammer Carolina. And now they get points at New York, and New York's kind of beat up. I think they're the better team. I think the Rams, nobody had a clue what offense they were going to run. Element of surprise, what? They dominated that game. Since then, Seattle's pretty good. Seattle's a good football team that I picked against the playoffs, that made the playoffs last year. Their young players are better. I'm going to take the points with Seattle,
3: sharper square. An interesting choice. Um, It's a sharp play, but not like, oh, my God, I'm seeing so much value. It's a sharp play because it's a short number is what you just said about the Giants. Like they're kind of beat up. There could be regression there. Seattle actually, like you just said, has played better in the following weeks. And I think for some reason, there's sort of a hangover with Gino when he doesn't play well people tend to think, oh, Gino's terrible. Whereas if he bounces back, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt the way other quarterbacks would, right? Right now, Trevor Lawrence has looked terrible. If Trevor Lawrence plays great this weekend in London, everyone's gonna be like, oh, he's back. No one's gonna think, oh, Trevor Lawrence is still bad. He just had one good game. But everyone thinks that about Gino until he has six straight games that are really right. good. So I can't disagree with you on this, but definitely not one of my favorites. Okay,
1: so then we play the game. Um. Uh, oh, I have one more before we play the game. Let's hear it. So Cleveland minus two and a half at home against Baltimore. I think Cleveland has the best defense in the league. Baltimore's left tackle may play not a hundred percent. Same with their center. This is Baltimore. They're beat up. In division game, I usually take points. I don't think we like Cleveland because of their quarterback and their history. This defense is Niners. It's Steelers. It's insane. Baltimore remains some new perimeter weapons new coordinator still figuring themselves out still players coming back on a hundred percent I'd swallow the two and a half I'll take Cleveland minus
3: two and a half sharper square totally sharp but it has to be two and a half at three nobody's buying but at two and a half everyone's buying from a professional perspective what you're saying like this defense is just it's sick like all the film breakdown you can do you've probably had Cosell on to talk about this like Miles Garrett is playing at a defensive player of the year level from the front four to the back line. They are just stacked and playing incredibly well. Look, I think they've had, there have been 30 something possessions against the Browns. There's been one trip to the red zone against them. Like the, the Steelers, they didn't get into the red zone. It was all defensive touchdowns. Like, this defense is insane, and Jim Schwartz might have who who has had had great careers as a defensive coordinator, might have the best level of talent that matches his philosophy that he's ever had. Um, I, I agree with everything you said about Baltimore. What's tricky about Baltimore, and this is one of those things again, are you are you betting what you're seeing on the field, are you betting what history has told you? Lamar Jackson is a favorite. Terrible. We saw it against the Colts last weekend. Lamar Jackson as an underdog, almost unbeatable. John Harbaugh as an underdog, one of the best coaches of the past 20 years. A road division underdog at three, you kind of got to pass or take the dog. At two and a half, you're going to take the favorite.
1: All right, now we play the game. I give you a game that I want to be talked into and then a game that I totally missed. Uh, Los Angeles Rams, element of surprise game that looked great. Since then the offense is okay. Another road game. Indianapolis gets Anthony Richardson back. Shane Steichen's excellent. Their D-line and O-line combos actually pretty good. Um, I think I think Indy's going to be a roller coaster team, but Anthony Richardson actually is a young quarterback, takes some time off, watches the game, extra time to prep with a great OC. I think I would take Indianapolis minus one and a half, the Rams. Another road trip, short week, go home, come back.
3: Think I would take Indy here, sharper square. I think you want to rethink that. You're going to want to take the Rams. Uh, that's the sharp side. Uh, it's actually a big, big favorite of the wise guys this week. They're all buyers on Matthew Stafford. He's actually having a really good year. And if you look at that game against the Bengals, there's a couple of plays that stand out that went against them you know we've talked about this on the show we do this thing at action network called the luck rankings which yeah. basically takes all of the unpredictable plays and puts them into a formula with the predictable plays and tells you if everything was even what should the score of that game been and the rams would have won that game and the biggest differential between teams that have gotten lucky this far in the season and the teams that have gotten unlucky this far in the season is between the Rams and the Colts in this game. So to me, if I just see that, I'm automatically going to play the Rams. But the numbers also stack up too. Stafford is a better quarterback. This Rams defense is playing better than people expect. Anthony Richardson, huge fan. Like it's Bijan, it's Anthony Richardson, and it's CJ Stroud, if you're talking about Offensive Rookie of the Year. But again, it'll be his first game back after a concussion. It's not like he's whipping the ball downfield. It's six yards per attempt, right? So he's not blowing it up. I think he's a really good player, but I think the Rams as short dogs is the player.
1: well, that's why I call the game to talk me into. all right. What did I miss? what What's a sometimes an ugly one? I did think about Jacksonville, my sure. guess. I thought Jacksonville's the side against Atlanta. That's what it felt. That's the one of the ones I didn't put in, but I thought that's an ugly one. My guess is Jacksonville overseas. There's a little pressure on them, and they're not really up for it. I almost love them playing overseas and like, you know what? We're going to get out of this country, go do what we do. And we got really good players. Am I right? Am I guessing right here?
3: No, no, you're totally right. Like Jacksonville is the side. It's the side the wise guys like, uh, it's, it's sitting there at, at minus three, but yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of history to tell you that in these London games, you want to take the favorites. There's a lot in the field to tell you that you want to take the Jags here. Look, I think in the first two games, Atlanta surprised a lot of people and made people think twice because they were able to come back. They were able to maintain. And then what you saw last week against Detroit, where a lot of wise guys were on the Falcons, Desmond Ritter just was terrible. And so without a quarterback, this is a get right spot for Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. Uh, So the wise guys are going to be playing Jacksonville. But I will give you a game that we didn't discuss. Okay. I'm a little surprised you didn't bring it up. Because this is a perfect spot for you. The Cincinnati Bengals on the road at the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans opened at plus two and a half. It's gone back and forth. It went down to two because the wise guys like the Titans. Then the public is coming in on the Bengals because they just won in prime time. Look, you've got a team whose value is deflated because they just got demolished by potentially an historically great. Defense in the Browns, right? So that's the Titans. And then a team in the Bengals that beat the Rams. The number on that game had swung wildly. The Rams opened to six and a half point dogs, got bet down all the way to two and a half point dogs because of the Burrow news. Burrow plays. He doesn't look great, but he wins. Jamar Chase has a breakout game. It's a primetime game. You're automatically going to have the public come in on that team. Yeah. Right. And so all of a sudden, you've got a team that the public loves on the road against a Tennessee team that is one of the best coached teams in the NFL. They've got a really good defensive line. They've got a really smart quarterback. As much as people don't want to say they like Ryan Tannehill, he plays well when he's put in a position to succeed. He doesn't make the mistakes. And Mike Frabel is a superstar as an underdog. Colin, there is one coach the past 20 years who is over 500, straight up as an underdog. Not covering the spread. I mean straight up. He wins as an underdog. It's Mike Vrabel. He's the most profitable coach against the spread as an underdog the past 20 years.
1: You know I didn't pick that game? Because for the first time this year, Burrow is playing without um, a calf restraint. Like it, he's now playing, he's practicing, he's back. And I don't, I don't like betting against Joe when he's back. And they have okay. to win this game. That was, that was, I, that was a game that J-Mac and I had discussed off air this week. And I'm like, and now Burrow's not wearing any calf restraints. He's hundred percent healthy. And by the way, I thought he played better in the second half against the Rams calf loosened up a little bit. I'm like, end of that game. It was like, is pretty interesting. All right. that That's an interesting one. So, um, I don't know. I um, betting
3: means doing bad things, Colin. Sometimes you got to do things that's. Scary. I love. Listen,
1: I like Minnesota minus four a lot. You think it's a nothing burger? I like it a lot. I think Minnesota had that tip pass gone in their favor. We would think of them differently. It's a sure. play. It's one play. And by Look, the way, Carolina's Minnesota beat up.
3: What do they have? They have the uh, one of the leading passers in the NFL. One of the leading receivers in the NFL, and yet they could very much go down as one of those teams like. The Jeff George led Atlanta Falcons with Andre Risen, right? Where <laughs> they run up the, these huge, huge numbers. They never scare anybody. Nobody cares about them because it's just, it's a sugar rush. It's empty calories. You want to do something scary, Colin? You want to know the number that was just moving today? It's been sitting for, say, five days since Sunday and today, The wise guy started pounding it. Are you ready? Are you ready? I am. New York jets home underdogs against the Kansas city chiefs. I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. I bet this at the jets plus 10. It had been a nine and a half for most of the week. It bumped up to 10 yesterday. I grabbed it, went back down to nine and a half. I'm not saying I moved the number back. I'm just saying after I grabbed the 10, it went down to nine and a half. Uh, and today it's been been steaming in the Jets' direction below nine. So you want to talk about a game the wise guys are on? It's the New York Jets.
1: Can't do it. Cannot do it. Won't do it. Prudent. Not Can't gonna do it. it.
3: Not Can't gonna do it. Prudent.
1: Not gonna do it. <laughs> Chad Millman, CCO, Action Network. Good seeing you, buddy. All right, brother. Good luck this week. Some thoughts watching the Packers. Well, you know, if you're a Packer fan and you're rooting for Jordan Love, your takeaway could be, hey, last couple of weeks, he's been very solid in the second half. He's been a gamer playing from behind. Uh, I like his fight. He doesn't quit. He's got good mobility. He got in the end zone and threw a left-handed pass out of the end zone. If you're not a Packer fan and you have questions about him, you could say, last two weeks, he has Buried himself in the franchise, getting into a big hole, huge deficit, playing from behind when opposing defenses. Let's be honest. You know, Derek Carr got hurt. Lions go into a more conservative mode, time clock eating offense, maybe pay, play a little uh, less aggressive, prevent defense. It depends on, you know, your perspective. I, as I've said before, I'm going to give him to Thanksgiving and then I'll have a definitive opinion on. Jordan love. I, my takeaway now is he's up and down. Uh, I don't see a ton of special, although I think he moves really well. Uh, He's not overwhelmed. Um, He gets out of trouble. He escapes. He doesn't panic. Um, He's more than competent. Again, in this day and age, he moves well, good size, nice arm. All the elements are there tonight. The Detroit lions are a better football team. Jared Goff's a better quarterback. He was drafted number one. He was a better high school, college, and so far pro quarterback than Jordan Love. Uh, They controlled the game. They have a better offensive line. Uh, I don't want to hear Packers were injured. You get to week four, five, six in the NFL, everybody's hurt. You know, Everybody's banged up. Um, Detroit's a better football team. This has been a laughingstock of a franchise for years, and it's very possible if Goff stays in Detroit or they draft another quarterback and get it right. Uh, you know they're going to be a very good team for several years. They have drafted well. They have very good players. They're not having to pay yet. Linebackers, tight end, edge rushers, tackles. Uh, they've got some dudes. And you know, for years and years, you know, you never really trusted the ownership in the front office. I really like the executive suite for the Lions. I like their drafts. They've taken some swings. Uh, players. That I watched a lot of in college, Amaron St. Brown is a much better pro than I thought he would be. I watched every USC game of note that he played in. He's a better pro than I thought he would be. So I think Detroit's just a better team. I think they exhibited it again uh tonight. I think, you know, they lost in over t- time to Seattle, but they beat Kansas City in Arrowhead. They dominate the Packers at Lambeau. It's a good football team. Uh and, and they got really good players. So, um, you know, they played hard under Dan Campbell last year, but they were just missing a couple elements. They've shored up the defense. They're not a great defense, but they're a better defense. And uh, I like what I see. Um, you know, I think Jordan loves fine to this point. Nothing you see, uh, he doesn't feel uh, overwhelmed like Zach Wilson. Uh, he's not uh, regularly inaccurate uh, like Justin Fields. Um, I There's nothing here that would uh, mortify me. You know, some of this is just he needs snaps. He needs he needs games. He needs snaps. He's been uneven. Good half, bad half. Good half, bad half. That's the sign of a young quarterback. So you can sit on the bench for as long as you want. Aaron Rodgers' first year, he was 6 and 10. And then things even out. Uh, it's very rare when a young quarterback, uh, Trevor Lawrence is a great talent. He has bad halves, bad quarters, bad games. So uh, I think if you're a Packer optimist, you have to like what you see with Jordan Love. Uh, you look at the first half, the last two weeks is better teams. Saints are a better team. They have a better defense than Green Bay. I think the Lions have a better roster. All right. Um, but I, I nothing I see with Jordan Love would, would deeply concern me. I'm looking for some it, some special. Uh, maybe that develops through confidence and wins. But I think in-house, I talked to Tyler Dunn, uh, somebody who's covered the Packers uh, now on his own a uh, platform used to work for the Milwaukee journal. And he said in-house, there's a feeling that they're a little ahead of schedule. They feel pretty good about it. Uh, Lions ran the ball well, better than the Packers did more yards, more rushing yards that helped a lot. Again, Packers are a little beat up, but um, you know, it, it's, it's, I, I, I'm on a little bit uh, of a lucky streak here so far in the NFC, the teams I had making the playoffs, uh, Philadelphia, Dallas, uh, Atlanta saints, only the Lions in the NFC North and Seattle and San Francisco right now would make the playoffs seven for seven uh, AFC. I'm waiting on Joe Burrow's calf to heal. And I don't know what's going on with the Jaguars. I I had them as a possible number one seed. They're a mess. I do think they'll get healthy uh, against Atlanta this weekend overseas, but um, all in all better team one. It's nice to see the Lions win. You know, I mean, like last year they were close, but you felt like, you know what? They have to win one way. They have to outscore people. Tonight they scored, but didn't necessarily have to outscore people. I thought they had a couple of calls go against them in the game. Then the Packers had that weird call and special teams on the field goal go against them, all evens out. But, uh, you know, you go to bed tonight, you wake up tomorrow and you think about Jordan Love. All right, we got something here. We're okay. We're fine. Doesn't mean you don't draft a quarterback in this draft i wouldn't draft them in the first round the packers don't have huge needs i really do like their tight ends and the receivers i really think green bay is well positioned but this is the youngest team in the nfl so i think you have to come in with you know jordan loves an experienced incredibly young roster you got to temper your your expectations this year right now detroit's on like the second third year of this group i think they're ahead of green bay i think this team needs to age uh, and I think they'll age pretty well. So I like I like the journey. I like watching Jordan Love. It's fun. There's no uh, indignity losing to a really good underrated quarterback in Jared Goff. <laughs> I don't get it. You can't tell me there's 12 guys in the NFL better than Jared Goff. I don't believe it. I think he throws one of the best balls in the league. Uh, they have a great O-line. Jared Goff's history is when he has time to throw. He's good. He made some really, really slick throws tonight. I like him. You know that. I always have. The Volume.
4: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics,